Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to an Autzen Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show today. It's March 15th. Uh, it's a Wednesday. It's less than 24 hours um, upon recording of this podcast, when spring football opens up, uh, all three of us will be at spring football. Um, it's going to be a, an exciting time. Uh, we'll discuss kind of our thoughts going into spring ball here in a little bit, but um, we've also got an opportunity uh, to basically just interrogate Jared Mack for as much information as we can pull out of him on Pro Day. Uh, he attended Pro Day for Oregon yesterday which was on Tuesday the 14th. Uh, 12 participants for the Ducks you know, took, took part in Pro Day. Um, and maybe it's just me, Jared, but uh, I think the 13th guy that I was you know, most curious about was Bo Nix throwing. You know, hmm. kind of gets a little bit of a preview for the scouts next year. We'll, we'll talk about the other 12, but how did Bo look? Because that's a... Important- I mean... He was throwing routes to Chase Coda. It was fine. He didn't. It looked like Bo Nix last year. I don't, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that big of a uh, that big of a whole discussion. It was nice to see Bo though. I think that's like the first time I've seen an actual member of the team throw for the college pro day. I don't remember a time where that's happened before. I was talking with James Krepper, the Oregonian. He thought it might be Marcus Mariota because, well. He's no longer employed by the Atlanta Falcons, and it's a pro day. It's an opportunity to give to show his stuff. But Bo looked good. Chase looked good in that little segment there. Um, just something like 15 throws. Nothing, nothing crazy. Had some good deep balls though. So, but it was nice to see him still on the field. That's for sure. Especially after how uh, you know last season overall ended with his health. For sure. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, Jared. Thank you, by the way, for covering pro day. Um, it, it's I my love least- pro day. I, I know you love Friday. I hate Pro Day. I, I, it's my least yeah. favorite event to cover every year, so I'm happy you've taken that one on. It was I was on my shoulders for probably four years, maybe, and uh, I'm I'm okay with you being the one in charge of it. Uh, 
So why do you like Pro Day? You said you love Pro Day. I'm actually curious. What, what sell, sell me on why this is fun. Pro Day is fun because, uh, I mean, you're there for a couple hours, sure, and it's not as high pace as what a, a basketball scrimmage would be or, or even a baseball scrimmage would be. There's a lot of standing around and you're just, you know, recording guys' measurements. But uh, I think all those measurements play a very integral part of how these guys are determined to be a draft stock. Um, a lot of guys will go in there as, you know, favorites of the players, whatever the case may be, and they'll come out of there and no NFL team is going to want them because of their measurables. And I think that's a really interesting part of football. Uh, obviously there is a second half of football where you have to go onto the field and play the game and make the plays and do all that stuff. But I don't think people put enough interest into what these guys look like during the underwear Olympics, what their 40 times are, what their 10 cone shuttle drill is, what their L shuttle drill is, um, vertical and broad jumps that measure explosiveness. This is why I love the combine. This is why I always do the combine stuff for our website. Um, I think it's a really integral part of football. And I think there's a niche audience that really likes it. That includes me. Um, it might be because of my, my numbers, um, I don't know, like like for baseball, how much I like numbers involved and you sure. know how to demonstrate how good a player is or not. Um, granted, this doesn't demonstrate how good a player is or not, but it certainly can give you a deeper perspective as to why they could be a good player further down the road or why they'll make an immediate impact um, when they come into the league as a rookie. So pro days are fun. Um, it's not as exciting as the combine because there's just not as much talent, but you know, over the last couple of years, Oregon has always had somebody who's going to be with Christian Gonzalez this year, probably a top 10 pick. So, you know, 31 to 32 NFL teams were there, a lot of scouts. Uh, I don't think there were any head coaches or general managers there, but, you know, there, there were plenty of people watching the excitement. And, you know, every year you get to see something that you didn't think you would see during the season, like Ryan Walk jumping 31 inches straight up into the air, um, stuff like that. So I, I, I still think it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and you kind of just get to hang out with the uh, media members on the beat and kind of pick their brain for four hours. So I enjoy doing that as well. You, you brought it up. Um, there, Jared has a story on duckterritory.com, uh, his takeaways from that, but I was going to ask you, it felt like Ryan walk was maybe the surprise of the day. Um, his, his performance, cause he did do some pretty notable things that would have scored out pretty well at the actual combine. Yeah, I would say that Walk and Chase Cotto were the main guys. Um, I think Chase did more impressive work to improve his draft stock. I'm not sure what Ryan Walk's draft stock is. I don't think there is one. Right. He's probably a UDFA, um, which is fine. Uh, yeah, I yeah, know. Walk had a 31-inch vertical jump, 9-foot broad jump, uh, ran a 40 and 510 flat. Uh, 28 reps in the bench press, which is all really good. I mean, that puts him right in line in the middle of the pack and what the combine was. The reason why his draft prospectus is not high is because he's still listed at six foot two, 294 pounds, and has a yeah. wingspan of 74 inches, which is six foot two. He's one of us. He's an he's a uh, quote unquote he's a normie when it comes to these draft grades. So that's going to be a problem to overcome. However, that's what Ryan Walk has been doing the last four or five years at Oregon is overcoming these, you know, uh, overcoming these athletic problems where he just doesn't stack up compared to what recruits coming in are at. And he's shown the last two years that he's a very formidable offensive guard that can certainly take the place and play left or right guard. Um, at the NFL level, we'll see. I'm sure he'll get a call from some camp and get an offer to come through. Um, so that's what we're all hoping for. However, the guy who improved his draft stock the most was Chase Cota. 
Uh, Cotto measured in at just under six foot four, 201 pounds, uh, wingspan of 76 and 76.7 inches, vertical jump of 37 and 37 and a half inches, broad jump of 10 foot six, uh, 40 time of four, five, zero. So a guy of his size moving at a four, five level is really good. I think someone who's a bit more explosive than what Devin Williams numbers were last season at the combine. Um, although Devin is a, is a full on six foot four person. So that really helps him. Um, but Coda did well. Uh, certainly, certainly won. I would say Oregon's. Um, you know, the guys who didn't get the combine invite. Uh, he talked about that a little, and I accidentally asked him a question about that, which I forgot that the combine is invite only. So that was a, a, a mistake by me. But you know, Coda was was excellent all day long. Um, I'm sure he certainly turned some heads. Uh, I will say another low-key member of the winners club at Oregon's Pro Day, uh, punter Adam Barry. Uh, Adam Barry went 45, 47, 53, 45, 47, 38, 53 with his punts outside in the nice cold Eugene air uh, with Carson Battle snapping to him. He had another, he had a Pro Day himself. Um, it was pretty impressive. And he had three punts inside the 50-yard line. Uh, his first one was absolute perfection, bounced at the two-yard line, backspun to the one, and sat there. It was just beautiful, one of the best punts I've seen in person. Um, he, Adam Berry also registered as six foot six, 221 pounds, 79-inch wingspan, which doesn't really matter too much for punters. However, 4.9140. So he kind of moved for a guy his size. Um, it was a bit discouraging because the <laughs> entire time Jared Denny of on three and I were just sitting there saying, where the hell was this all season long? I was, I was just, <laughs> just going to say, thing. I was just thinking the same thing, Jared, <laughs> yeah. of like, if, if, if he could have done this consistently, Oregon's season goes maybe a little bit differently. Much and yet, different. And yet he was the opening day punter, pulled midseason, re-given an opportunity at the very end. So um, mm -hmm. that's sometimes the breaks. Um, yeah. He certainly he certainly improved his draft stock though. I don't know where it was well, or what it was, but yeah. um, he had a really good day. I hate to say it, hang times well into the four, almost five second range. It was it was good. Um, I just wanted to explain for a second, so people. I, I also love data and information. Like that's I don't know if people might be familiar with the scopal system. That's exactly what that was. Like I grew up into that stuff. The reason I don't like the pro day is the weight because I and it looks like they've updated it so you're getting the jump and some of the like some of those information before before you leave the facility. When I was doing it primarily, you left with zero information. So you're just watching people run and jump for two and a half hours without any data to know who was doing well. And then you left asking questions. Eric's just trying like, to cover himself now. No, I don't think I'm covering <laughs> myself. This is exactly what it was. And then you had to interview these kids being like, yeah, it looked like you ran kind of fast, but I have no idea if that was 4.4 or if that was 4.7 because there's no there's no 40 times. So I always found it to be just like a lot of, hey, these guys look like they're doing good things, but I have no actual tangible evidence that any of this is any good until after I leave when I write my story. And at that point, yeah. I'm actually making my deductions, which is the, which is totally inverted for how you'd like to go through the process of doing something like this. So that was, that was, yeah, that, the, that, that, that's why I didn't like it. But that's, it's not because I didn't like the data. It's just because I thought the weight and the way it was set up was really poorly, poorly set up. Yeah, the last I've, couple of years before i mean the, the the first one i attended was the day the world ended before uh <laughs> march 2020 um that one they just yell out like vertical jumps and broad jumps so that's easier to do but 40 times you still have to wait however the the processing time between end of pro day this year and vertical or excuse me uh 40 time jump or 40 time information being released was much quicker than, than i anticipated which 
kind of disrupted my schedule, but that was okay. It used to be three and a half hours. I used to, I used to get home at two 30 and get my 40 times by six. And I would be like, cool. Mm-hmm. Seems like a fun day. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing the event, but it sounds like it's been streamlined, which is great, Jared. I, I did have a question for you on the guys that were, uh, cause we've kind of separated this into thinking the two groups, which are guys that have been invited to the combine, which sort of distinguishes you from guys that weren't guys that weren't typically have a much, I would say the, the, the odds of being actually selected are, are much slimmer. Of the guys that were invited to the combine, and we've already kind of seen them go through this process, was there anybody who maybe uh, this time around put up a mark that distinguished themselves from their previous showing in Indianapolis, or maybe a guy that you think just really showed well and maybe improved their stock, or maybe maybe going the other way, somebody who who hurt themselves this time around um, compared to what they did just a couple of weeks ago in Indianapolis? Yeah, I don't. I mean, a lot of the guys who were in Indianapolis didn't really do much on Oregon's pro day, which is to be expected. Like, you know, Gonzalez only participated in um, position drills. So did TJ Bass, and so did Alex Forsyth, which was surprising because he didn't. He had a hamstring injury and didn't run at the combine. So clearly, that's probably still bothering him. Um, but I think one guy who made an upgrade to his draft stock was Malasala Amuave Lalu. He ran a 5.09 40-yard dash, which puts him – I had this written down in my article, but I think that puts him eighth overall in terms of the 40-yard dash from combine participants. Um, his 10-yard split, which is something that uh, NFL coaches and general managers really pay attention to with offensive linemen, was a 1.74 seconds, which is pretty darn good. I think that put him for, tied for 14th with Broderick Jones of Georgia, who's a first-round draft pick or projected first-round draft pick. Um, so those are really good marks for Sala. You know, he comes in at six foot, basically six foot six, 320 pounds, uh, 82 inch wingspan, which is, which is yeah. absurd. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's a, he's a mountain of a man. And for him to run a 5.09 is 40 is really impressive. Um, you know, other guys, just like I said, didn't participate. I will say that Noah Sewell ran through the drills. I'm not sure what it is, but watching Sewell at the combine and the pro day, it's just something off. It's just not. It's just hmm. not the explosive guy you expect to see. And I don't. I, and you kind of saw that at the, at the combine with how well, that, his that also kind of uh, that matches some of the stuff we saw last fall too, doesn't it? Correct. And it matches what the pro or what the combine saw, where his forty time was third or fourth worst of the linebacking group. His Split time was it was okay, middle of the road. His cone drills were pretty mediocre. His broad jump and his vertical jump were pretty mediocre. But his bench press was second highest, which is kind of what we come to expect from Sewell, just being a really strong guy who's an old school linebacker type, six foot two, two hundred fifty pounds. Um, it's interesting. I, I'm not sure what that's going to mean in terms of his draft stock, but I, I mean, he came into the season as a first round pick or projected first round pick. He's no longer there. I don't think he'll get back there. Yeah. Period. But um yeah, just I've and the other thing that annoyed me, but this is more of like a journalist media perspective thing. He didn't talk to us at the end of the pro day. Hmm. Like there are there are three guys in, in Oregon's pro day who are going to be surefire draft picks basically. And really there's two because who knows what the offensive line will happen. And it's Noah and Christian Gonzalez. And Christian Gonzalez spoke, but Noah chose not to. And which, you know, it happens. We've only talked to him like six times his entire college career. That's been so way his entire career. That. Yeah. yeah. I was just right. Yeah. That's just, been you know, his entire the, career. Yeah. It just, I don't know if it necessarily gives him any benefits for not stepping in front of a microphone around all these NFL scouts and people and around a, uh, you know, a local conglomerate of your media members too. So. 
All right, let's let's take a quick break, um, and we'll transition over to spring football, which begins here in the quickest of time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Uh, spring ball is here, guys. Um, we will be inside the, I'm assuming, the practice fields or maybe maybe the mo. Over under, what what, what are we saying here? Let's let's make our predictions here. I, uh, the, outside. Thursday is supposed to be nice. I think uh, if if Jared's saying outside, I'll say inside just because it has been raining most of the week. I'll just I'll just take the the Eeyore approach and say it might rain and we'll be inside. I will say outside as well. It's supposed to be 61 degrees Mm -hmm. on Thursday. Beautiful spring weather uh, for spring football. Um, We've we've discussed some of this before, but I I think there's a lot of intrigue in this spring football uh, for Oregon. Um, We're going to run through kind of just some things that we're all curious about, excited to see. Um, and, and, and what have you, but I guess I'll lead off here. I'm just excited. The reason why I brought up Bo Nix in the first half of the show was because I'm excited to see a, what does Bo Nix look like? Is he fully healthy? Is he, is he a full participant? What, you know, what is Bo Nix's spring experience going to be like? Because we've seen previous staffs at Oregon. We've seen like the head guy, the quarterback have a really light spring, um, where they, where it's just, Hey, throw the ball in, in one-on-one drills, you know, build up that arm strength, but you're, you're not going to be put into a position to get hurt or, you know, we're going to give a lot of the reps in, in, in air quotes, in game reps to the backups um, to get them ready. Uh, Cause you are ready. Or we've also seen quarterbacks go through everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle Bo Nix with that because it is a new quarter, new offensive coordinator, Will Stein. And then maybe, more importantly, I'm curious to see just a what's the growth from Ty Thompson since we've last seen him, and b how far along is Austin Novosad, the freshman quarterback? Um, is it truly going to be a competition between Ty and and Austin for that number two job? I don't think we've shared with listeners though, just that we will be able to watch some practice, which we weren't sure yeah. of earlier, which is exciting. Um, and yeah. I don't know if I'm not sure if we, I think it's been stated, but just a reminder: we've got practice Thursday, we've got practice Saturday, and then they're going to be off for a couple of weeks. They'll come back first week of April. 
Um, and then 13 practices leading up to the to the spring game, which I guess technically the spring game is the 13th of April, but the 13th practice of April, I should say, not the 13th from a date perspective. The, the spring game is on the 29th. Um, but that's kind of what the format will look like. So we will have um, practice reports uh, in March. We'll have practice reports in April, which will be fun to look at. Um, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to see a little seven on seven in practice, maybe even a little 11 on 11 on in practice to give a feel for what some of this depth chart stuff looks like or to draw some sort of conclusions. Um, but I think for me, the biggest part that I'm most excited about, especially these first couple of days, is just the same thing I think we talked about when we did our, our storyline draft last week is I'm just really excited to see all the new guys. Um, you know, I don't have an exact number and that'll be something we do tomorrow when we get there of like, okay, who all is here? Um, I know Matt up on uh, DuckTerritory.com for his VIP, the things he's looking forward to on the first day of practice. That was one of them is just who's actually here, <laughs> you know, who's, 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 which of these new guys has enrolled. We have a, a pretty darn good idea. We know some, but we don't know all. Yeah. I was going to say, we have a, I think we've got a pretty complete list, but there might be a couple of guys we don't know. And, you know, we think the number is going to be a little over 30. Maybe it'll end up being closer to three dozen. So um, I think that's the part that'll be interesting. And then, and kind of seeing where everybody fits too. Cause you know, there are several of these guys they bring in, um, without, I would say, exact clarity of where they're lining up. Like sometimes you bring in a player as a defensive back and you go, okay, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he a nickel? Where does this guy fit? Um, so, you know, you have similar kind of things on the offensive line of, okay, is this guy being recruited as an offensive tackle or an offensive guard? And we'll get some of these early indications of where they line up. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to see the newcomers. Um, some of these portal guys will look at differently than the freshmen. The freshmen, it'll be, hey, these guys look physically ready or don't look physically ready. The, the portal guys are, these guys should look like starters mm -hmm. day one. And that should be a thing we're coming away out of these first couple of practices of like, okay, Jordan Birch looks like he's going to be one of the dudes defensively and offensively. Some of these additions they've made, these guys, you know, whether it's a Tess Johnson or some of these offensive linemen, we think they're going to have um, impacts. So yeah, that's to me the big thing for these first couple of practices is, okay, let's take a look at the guys that are new because gosh, almost half of the players in camp here, maybe maybe even about half are going to be players that have never been in Oregon practice uniforms before. Jared, I don't want to I don't want to cut you off if you don't have a a question or a statement here, but no, I want to ask good. Eric, I want to ask Eric and you guys on that same topic this question. Do we think some guy that we expect to be there isn't? That's maybe mm. that's happened a couple times the last couple springs where it's like we show up and then we're not going to name names or anybody like that, but it's just like we've shown up and been like, oh, uh, that guy is no longer here. Where is he at? Oh, he's not even on the roster. Do we think that scenario plays out on Thursday? I think the odds are higher of that now given the portal and given the way all with all these newcomers being here and all that. There's just more opportunity and less clarity, I say, than ever before on some of this. But, yeah, we don't have any – at least I haven't heard like, oh, gosh, so-and-so left the program. You'll, you'll be ready to report right. it. On Thursday, but I, I wouldn't be, I certainly wouldn't be surprised uh, going in if, and it, it could be as simple as a player we thought was enrolled didn't end up enrolling and we just didn't hear about it until, till True. then, right? Or it could be like, like Matt saying, Adrian Jackson on like the first day of fall camp, he's not on the roster and you're like, where's Adrian Jackson's like, yeah, he's no longer with the team or however that played out last year. Those kind of things happen all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Like Eric said, those things just kind of happen all the time. Um, and there's a plethora of possibilities of how these guys could not be on the team. Um, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, unless you're checking the transfer portal, well, I guess the transfer portal window is closed at this point. But, I mean, there are plenty of guys who could, you know, basically do what they did last season during the season and just 
kind of sit out or yeah. maybe go through the motions. And once the transportal window opens, like, hey, they're in. Um, you, uh, so, yeah, you, you could have a guy literally just sit all of spring and then enter the portal yeah. in May. That, that's the thing mm -hmm. that could happen. Sorry, go ahead. And he might even be, he might even go to practice though. Like he yeah, could right. just looked at the roster that they brought in from signing day in February and said, so like, sorry, I'm good. I'm, Adios. I'm, I'm not Sayonara. here. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. Um, should I just jump into what I'm, what I'm looking forward to? Yeah. I'm, it's tough because both of you guys' picks are great. And Eric, I think yours is exactly what I'm most excited to do um, for tomorrow and then for Saturday. That's a tough one. I'm excited to overreact to everything that we see on the first day. That's my <laughs> that's my biggest thing. I think that's going to happen a million times over um, regarding positions, regarding how guys look, regarding battles on the field, regarding um, hairstyles. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, just uh, so just be prepared. I'm sure we're all going to be like boys or girls on Christmas Eve getting ready for Christmas today. And tomorrow is going to be the opening of the present. So we're all going to be very excited by the time we hop on a podcast later in the day. Um, just a side note, uh, very excited for our annual walk on draft and our mm. new walk on players because Oregon I talked to James Kreppi, the Oregonian, yesterday. He mentioned that Oregon now has five walk-on long snappers this year. So it's going to be a whole round of long snapping drafts when the when the draft comes. So excited to to kind of figure out who's who's the cream of the crop. This is a so this is pre, this is pre scouting though because I think we're going to do the draft. In, I was going to say that in fall, in fall right? We're going to do draft yeah. is a little early right now. Yeah. Well, you got to, you know, you got to start studying the tape at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, you're not, not, not really sure who's going to be there when it's your time to come around to a pick. So I, I think it's important to get those notes down now. You know what I really want to see, though, is Big Z and pads. Look, just give the guy a shot. Oh, Big Z. You know, that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be the most exciting thing to see on Thursday as everybody walks through is just Big Z, all seven, five of him in, in some pads and some, you know, three foot long sneakers please <laughs> that'd yeah. be great no, i'd be I'd, i would leave i just that's all i needed to see that day i'd write it like 500 words on <laughs> eric uh are, are you done jared i, I don't want to cut your uh your oh yeah discussion. i'm good i've talked a lot okay. this podcast <laughs> uh eric you dropped the seven hottest position battles in your opinion yeah. um what's the one that you feel like is the number one because mm. I don't know if we, if we'll agree here. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So it stories up on Duck Territory, by the way, for those who want to check it out. I, I I cut. Honestly, I had a lot more than seven to potentially pick through, but I ended. Okay, up well, with first seven. before you answer that question, what what was one that didn't oh, the make honorable the list? mentions? Yeah. Ooh, uh, well, that gets sort of tough. I mean, so I, I felt like I did too much. And you go look at the story. I, this is awkward for those who haven't read it. Uh, maybe pause and go take a peek at least and see you can read the list. And maybe not. You don't have to read all my words. I'd love you to read my words. But if you don't have the time, you want to pause it and look. Um, I, I felt like I did a little too much offense. I, I, I would have liked to have included more uh, something from the defensive kind of front a little bit. Something, whether it be inside linebacker or, or defensive line. I just had a mm -hmm. hard time. You know, with the with linebacker being one, because I don't know if Justin Jacobs is healthy. I don't expect he will be, so I don't know if that's a, a really a spring competition. I think we expect Boss at least to be kind of that veteran presence, um, holding on to the position he had last year. So felt like I could have done a little more defense. Um, 
offensively, I think I pretty much exhausted it. If you look at it, I included basically every possession except for, for running mm -hmm. back. So, um, no, I, I think the thing I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's funny uh, to your original question now, Matt, of, of kind of where, which one is the most interesting to me or the one I'm most excited by. Oh, yeah. I think there's two answers. <laughs> I think the one that maybe matters the most is the one that people will care about the least, but is the punting position because, gosh, they just need to find one, man. That's good. So I included that in there because, like, and also because we know for a fact that the three of us are going to get to watch a heck of a lot of punch this spring. So we are going to have oh, yeah. front row and center to analyze Punk the hell out of this. Yeah. So I expect, honestly, Jared, we haven't talked about this. We might really want to be tracking the hang time and the approximate distance of most of these oh, punts. And have a list going, have a list at the end of spring of like, you have well, a stopwatch? Like, yeah, Ross James, average one, yeah. of uh, Ross James, 3.5 hang time, average punt length of four, uh, 42 and a half yards. And oh, uh, well, mm -hmm. but uh, what did we think about Luke Dunn? I uh, 46 yards, but only a three, three, one hang time, a little bit, you know, a little bit more of a line drive punter. I'm just joking here. I have no idea how any of these guys are going to punt. Um, but like, th that's going to be the one that's going to be the easiest for us to assess. It's to some degree just because we, I, I know, well, unless they change format. We will be able to watch a lot of punting, um, so there's that one, and I think the one that probably the ones that probably matter the most will be safe, safety and then some of the interior offensive line stuff, because I, I think those two have uh, I don't want to say more stakes, but those are positions where like we could see an experienced guy who's got starting experience maybe lose ground on a starting job he thought he might be able to land and then look at the portal. So that's why I look at like between Stephen Jones and Marcus Harper. Presumably, one of those guys won't be starting this year, and if that becomes clear in spring, maybe one of them looks at the portal. And the same thing at safety. We've talked about that one so much, but we we all know that you know that between the Jamal Hill, Steve Stevens, Brian Addison trio, those guys played basically every snap last year at the two safety spots. If it right. becomes clear to one of them that that's not going to be the you know that that's not going to be the case, and Evan Williams or somebody else is, is mm -hmm. encroaching on their territory, one of them might leave. So I think those are probably the two most important ones. But punting will be the one I'm I probably have the best feel for. I'm I'm I mean, I'm thrilled that you included punting in this conversation. I know you. I mean, it, it wouldn't be Eric Scopel if he didn't include punting. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't. And I was going to bring it up if you didn't. I'm glad that I don't have to, but I will belabor the point and talk about it some more. Uh, a lot of new specialists this year for Oregon. Um, obviously, yeah. we have Luke Dunn, Luke Dune. We're going to figure out how to pronounce that eventually. Uh, like I said, you have the five true walk-on uh, long snappers. You still have Luke Basso back there as a long snapper. Camden Lewis. Uh, Boyle, Andrew Boyle is still there. And uh, incoming freshman Grant Meters, who is one of the highest rated kickers in the country coming into Oregon. I don't think that Camden Lewis's job is, you know, up for grabs or anything like that because he's been great the last two seasons. But I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what this is, what Grant is, because I think Camden only has one more year of eligibility left. I think this upcoming season is his final year. This is it. Am I right? This yeah, is it. Yeah, yep. this is, the, this is the, the last dance. This is it. Um, but I, but yeah, so special teams is going to be huge because it was just so, so bad last season. So punting is going to be a huge capitalization for Oregon this year. Um, I still think position battle wise, I like the linebacker idea, but yeah, still with Justin Jacobs potentially out, potentially playing, I'm not sure we'll get a good look at what it's going to really look like. There's a lot of position battles on this team and for the first couple of days in spring camp, I'm not sure how much they're going to show us or anything like that. Um, I think I'm most interested to see still the cornerback spot. Um, I think there's three guys who could all be a number one. I think there's three guys who could all be 
a number two. And, you know, judging by how it's going to go in the first couple of weeks of spring camp, we'll kind of figure that out. I do think that that's more of a position battle for fall camp that we'll get to eventually. Um, but there's a lot of dudes there. There's probably the most talent at cornerback, at least statistically on paper, that Oregon has had in a long time in one room there. Mm -hmm. um, Eric, I know you did the article a long time ago. Is it five of the top ten cornerbacks Oregon has ever signed in that room, or is it six? I, I, I it is five, and I, I, re, uh, I, I had to redo it yesterday for that story, the, the seven players, because it's in there. Yeah, they have five of the top ten recruits are on this roster at the corner position. Yeah, and – so we'll see if any of those come to fruition and become a top corner. But I still think, you know, Kyrie Jackson, Triquest Bridges, and Dante Manning are your top three right now. It just, you know, uh, Bennett Williams had some nice things to say about uh, Dante Manning yesterday at Pro Day. He says, you know, all, all you need is like one offseason and things can start to snap and the sky's the limit for him. So, you know, some good words there. But we'll have to see it when it comes to practice and, and actual situations. Did, uh, did Bennett have anything to say about Evan? He did, His brother. He yeah. Did? What did he, what yeah. Did he, he said uh, that Evan is uh, enjoying the school, enjoying the campus, enjoying the coaching staff, that kind of stuff. Um, that he's uh, really fitting into this defense. Uh, that he plays a little bit like Bennett, but um, is more of. I think he said it was more of a coverage guy uh, than Bennett was. So I guess that's a nice thing to hear. I don't know. Uh, Bennett did admit that his Washington game wasn't the best of his high of his career. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. At this point, but uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, Evan was fitting into the team, uh, really doing well with the guys around him. Um, cool. Bennett also just talked overall about the defense. Said he thinks it's thinks it's going to be a big year for those guys. So we'll find out tomorrow. I think Bennett's probably one of the more well-spoken, just generally mm -hmm. good dudes that we've seen run through uh, the yeah. program. Like I'm not surprised at all that he admitted that. The Washington game was bad, and he even did that after the Washington game. Right, um, he came out mm -hmm. when he didn't have to and owned up to it. Um, I, I was gonna go uh, position battle with one that I don't think has r any real like drastic impact on the season, but it's just fascinating to watch, and that's the slot with Hudson and Tez Johnson and. Maybe Gary Bryant Jr. from USC if Gary Bryant Jr. comes to Oregon, um, because I like look if if Chris Hudson is your starting uh, slot guy, I I think you're in a good position, you know. But the staff has made it clear we've talked about this at length that they want that they want more 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 um, out of that group, and just to see that play out is going to be fun to see. Um, how does Chris Hudson embrace it? Um, it's a two-year starter with the staff coming in and challenging him. Mm -hmm. um, does Chris Hudson, does this open the door maybe for Hudson or somebody else, Tez, or if Gary Bryant does come, can they play another position? And does this, you know, does this get interesting? Can they play on the field together? I, I, I don't know. But that's just this whole back and forth. That's what I'm, you know, really interested to see play out as well is just, I think Oregon could be really good with Chris Hudson at, at the slot. I think Oregon could be really good with Tez Johnson at the slot. Um, but who is the guy is the question, and I don't know who it is. And you actually uh, – just one add-on. I don't know if anybody has anything else before we wrap. You mentioned earlier guys not being on the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some guys on the roster. I'm not saying Gary Bryant. Probably yeah. not scholarship guys, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like last year, J.J. Greenfield just randomly was just – 
here, and nobody thought there it was going to happen. I still remember getting the roster, and then actually he wasn't on the roster, but I IDing him at practice, yep. and turning to James Crepe and being like, because that was an inside joke for all of 2021 was where are Lance Wilhoit and JJ Greenfield? And it was like, <laughs> no one wanted to talk about it. There's no answers publicly. We heard some things behind the scenes maybe, but even that was kind of like pretty. And then suddenly here they are. And it's kind of like, so I, I'm not expecting there's going to be a player who's been, you know, missing for a while who shows up, but there might be a couple of guys like other example last year where, uh, uh, Hassan Rittner and, and Dalton just randomly kind of popping up from Hawaii two guys who were not on scholarship, right. who I think, at least Dalton. I don't know. Was Hassan Ritter on scholarship at Hawaii? I can't remember if he was. I oh, think Dalton. At Hawaii? I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, Dalton was. So, but like, just guys who just pop up who are actually, like, maybe contributors, um, you know. And, and, again, those guys didn't have huge contributions, but both were on travel rosters and got into games and contributed a little bit here and there. So there might be a guy or two here who just pop up and you go, hey, that guy was at San Jose State last year and he was on scholarship and now he's at Oregon walking on for whatever reason or something. So those are the kind of interesting little nuggets you might see as well over the next couple of days as we as we get to see the roster for the first time. We're going to be getting, it, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine, we'll get some sort of probably incomplete without heights and weights roster Thursday morning. So look for one of us to tweet that out and, and then do some analysis on it later. I like that call out because how many times have we seen like a Tyler Nanny show up and be like, holy heck, that guy's a walk on? Like right. or Aaron Smith yeah. at running back. Like, yeah. Like yeah. there's there's dudes where you're like, that guy's intriguing because he's definitely got the physical attributes, but you know, what's what's holding him back? So that's yeah. that's a good that's a good call. I, I like that. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Friday when we record uh, our first post-practice podcast, breaking down everything that happened Thursday, uh, and then we'll have another one later on next week. Uh, but until then, you've been listening to the Ots and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 